Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Let's begin now. Officially afternoon, it's 12.01. Nick Price, Dusty Likens, this is Out of Bounds. Nick Price, how are you today? I'm doing pretty good. How about you, Dusty? I'm okay. Just Got okay? A... Yeah, I'm all right. Something going on? You want to talk it out right now? No. Uh, a couple nerd sports moments. Like Tiger Woods is playing in the Memorial. Liverpool and Tottenham, no one cares about soccer or anything Yeah, nobody like cares. I know. It's just one of those things. I'm just kind of concerned about it because I don't know why I'm so involved in it. Um, you look at, like, Tiger Woods just hit a shot off a cart path and put it in the middle of the fairway, and it was one-handed. So, I mean, if that doesn't get you ready for Saturday, I don't know what else does. Kansas City, I hope you're ready to go. Brandon Kylie was just on with the leadoff. This is Out of Bounds with myself, Dusty Likens, and Nick Price. Um, your fandom will start soon on the text line. E Protein House, E with a purpose, text line 69306. Uh, loaded show. We'll have Matt Tate at 1.30 because uh, this last week was pretty wild for KU. Nick Price, the former KU frat star. That's me. Um, had an emotional week with it as well. Um, and the Royals finally paid homage to a move that we all wanted to have, but it just didn't have that feeling because it was like a, it was like a character on a show that got killed off, but two seasons too late. Yeah. It's kind of the analogy I want. I mean, I'm not saying that this person got killed. I'm just saying the analogy that I give it is like you watched uh, – you know, maybe you watch Dexter. You're like, ah, that show went two seasons too long. Would have been great if it ended here. Not every show can be Breaking Bad and end after six seasons and just have you all in on the show. But that's not where we start today. We start today the way we started every show that we've had on Saturdays, basically every single time, because we just can't help it. And that is with Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Last week, when we talked about Patrick Mahomes, we talked about how a quarterback in your city for your team has got three of the best traits when it comes to personalities, correct? Yeah. He's good with charity work. He's got that just enough coolness to him. And he's also very, he has like a side, like side humorous side to him as well. Yeah, he's the, fun, he's cool, and he's a good guy. Yeah. I mean, he's One, literally two, the, three, that's everything you need. And now he takes his step even further. Or as like I like to say in our pre-production meeting, his coattails are getting longer. And it's fine. Like, I'm not saying that you're a new money fan if you're outside of Kansas City and now you like Patrick Mahomes. But where this reference is, is you probably saw it on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat, some sort of way. 
And he was at Hot Country Nights, which is an event that they do in uh, Power and Light District. Gets on stage, leads the crowd to this gigantic tomahawk chop. That's what they still call it. And the Chiefs are more hyped up this year with Patrick Mahomes than they were last year. You could say that last year's narrative on the season was, let's see what the young kid can do. They drafted this guy. First time the Chiefs had drafted a quarterback since 83. Todd Blackledge, dear Lord. And now they've released the franchise, which we believe goes the entire season. Yeah. Right? So, couldn't be on Hard Knocks this year. It's basically Hard Knocks, though. The Chiefs yeah. are just doing it themselves. I watched the first episode before the show today, and it's Hard Knocks. Yeah. But it's also, like, you you look at radio hosts, and it's like, this is the, what you would call, like, the toughest part of the year. Right? I mean, you have, like, the longevity of the baseball season. Not a lot of basketball fans within this city. Yeah. So it's hard to lure in people for basketball talk, which we'll do our best in a little bit later on. Um, but Patrick Mahomes is so explosive with content that everybody around him is jumping onto this. We just mentioned Hot Country Nights. He gets on stage. He gets everybody losing their minds. He hugs a fan, signs her poster. But as he walks off, he does the celebratory, celebratory Chiefs motion. Gets the crowd going crazy. The franchise starts. It's June 1st. Football can't get here soon enough, but they're going to make sure you get it. And when a slow time comes up, they also launch out their own podcast network. Is it because the Chiefs are the favorite to win the AFC or the, to go to the Super Bowl? Probably not. Is it because of who they play, who they have at quarterback, who's the reigning MVP, who's on the cover of Madden? who can do no wrong, probably. Yeah, I mean, this is a team that they're proud of, and they're proud of the guys that they got in there and the success that they had last year. And they're trying to show it off as much as possible. I mean, you talked about the franchise. They got the podcast network coming out with BJ Kissel, which I think is going to be like a lot of sit-downs with players, stuff like that, just kind of going more in-depth, giving you a behind-the-scenes look at what happens at, down at Arrowhead. They're proud of the product that they have right now, and they're definitely pushing it out there for everybody to see. And then, the other thing that's crazy about it is, can't play basketball, but the dude can ride a bull. And I don't know if you watched the way Patrick Mahomes rode that bull, but he made it look sexy. I think he's done it before. Now, for sure, he's from Texas, right? Yeah. So the funny thing about that video is that you and I were shooting back and forth, is Veach, when he sees him play basketball and just cuts everybody up on the court, immediately goes... No more basketball. Travis Kelsey, you go play all the basketball you want for some weird reason. Yeah. By the way, Travis Kelsey's a baller, too. Shout out Cincinnati. But the thing about this is that when he's riding that bull, the first thing in my mind is that we all have been to Big Sky here. Yeah. Down at Power and Light. You've gone in there. You've seen him do the country line dancing. I've rode the bull. You have ridden the bull? Yeah, I've, run, I've ridden sober. the bull before. Oh, well, I can't say sober, but yeah. Did your hips move like Patrick Mahomes they did, did on that not. bull? They did not. And I will say, I think the bull operator was taking it a little harder on me than he was on Patrick Mahomes. For sure. Like, I've seen that guy be a complete cheese, Richard. Yeah. Like, just get people up there that are hammered to get him off. He's just like, yeah, get out of here. 
Mahomes' speed on that bull was very lethargic. Yeah, it was like, all right, bud, here Rickety we go. Rocket. Here we go. And the thing that's crazy about that is that the first thing that made me think was, was either A, Brett Veach in charge of the control of that bull, or two, was Brett Veach in that guy's ear like, keep it at two, Stan. Do not go any higher than two. Because literally, it was a smooth ride, no pun intended, when Patrick Mahomes goes to power and light and everybody flocks that way, like, I'm not even going to lie to you. If I lived within 10 miles of power and light, I don't. I live in Lee Summit. If I lived within 10 minutes and I had any sort of way of knowing ahead of time that he would be there to show an appearance, I wouldn't be there to see Patrick Mahomes. I would be there to see how the crowd reacts to Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. because that crowd was insane. Now, I get it's Hot Country Nights. I believe that was the first one country music and whatnot. And that's what brings up my other question to Patrick Mahomes. Here's this guy who is 23 years old, about to be 24, very hip with the kids crowd. Like we said, he's got a blend of just great personalities, like a melting pot of every sort of personality. He's cool. He's loving. He's kind. He's humorous. But I have a feeling that his music taste is probably one thing that his age demographic probably disagrees with. I feel like Patrick Mahomes is just a country singer. Like, I feel like he's a country player. Oh, yeah. Position. I mean, if you grow up living in Texas your entire life, you got to like country music, right? It's like a rite of passage down there. Yeah. I mean, it's just funny because, like, he's making the Chiefs, like we've said it already. He's literally making the Chiefs and everything around him. Like, you could say that we're just being a little overmodulated when we talk about Patrick Mahomes, but literally think about what's happened to this town since he's been here. Like, the Chiefs are more hyped than ever Because Mahomes is the reason. You look at Madden. Who's on the cover? Patrick Mahomes. You look at the league. Who's the MVP? Patrick Mahomes. You look at Hot Country Nights. They're there to see a country singer. Because that's kind of where people go these days. For You know, that's just a nice It's a really fun event, too. If you're into it. Yeah, free Uh, concert. I don't like mass crowds. I don't like country music. So not my scene. Yeah, I'm not big on the first one, big on the second one. But yeah. But to sell our, our statement, I would go just to see the reaction of what Kansas City's doing when Patrick Mahomes steps into the to the uh, to the auditorium because he's there he's letting loose it hasn't really started to get heavy with the uh with the offseason workouts like he's obviously done his time in the gym you can totally see that mm-hmm. but he's riding a bull he's hanging out on stage he gets it with the chop and he's just lovable and he's funny and he's just one of these guys that like when you watch him and you watch how he does his mannerisms like he's a professional, he's polished, yet he's still a kid, and he gets it all. And now there's an NFL draft coming to Kansas City in four years. Not saying it's Mahomes that got it there. Kathy Nelson and the sports committee did a very good job finally right. to get that in here. But the whole thing with Patrick Mahomes, like Jack Stack Barbecue literally has a side dish called the Mahomes because they know that once it gets out there, people just eat it because he did. Ketchup throws crazy. Patrick Mahomes' hype is real, and it's getting even bigger this season with the new podcast announced, the franchise that's got everybody on the edge of their seat. Like, it's June 1st, and people are just insanely, insanely anticipating the football season to get here. And by the way, Nick Price, you get the nice horny videos again of slow motion Pat. Oh, man, so many Every slow day. motion pats on Twitter. And, you know, keep them coming, Kansas City Chiefs, because Hashtag those are slow awesome. motion pat. Yeah. 
there we go. Start it up right now. Literally. But one thing that we talked about last week, too, Dusty, is that Pat Mahomes just gets it. Like, if you watch that video that Arrowhead Pride tweeted out of him at Hot Country Nights, yeah. he's sitting on the side of the stage just enjoying the show, and then the chop comes out, and then he's like, okay, this is my, like, I'm supposed to go up there now and go hug this fan and, like, entertain the crowd. I'll go lead the chop and everything. And he just jumps into action, jumps up on stage, and the whole place loses their minds. And you know what's even crazier about that? He didn't take the microphone, didn't say a word. Now, I'm sure when he hugged the lady and said something like, hey, you know, blah, 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 doesn't have to say anything. It's not about him. He just knows that everybody came there and they want to see him up there. And so he took that moment and he did it for everybody else. Which Pretty is, cool. Which is crazy, too, which is, this is kind of off subject. But I went and uh, I worked at a charity event, um, Red Hot Nights, that the Chiefs put on for Children's Mercy Hospital, right? Mm-hmm. And they sold different packages throughout the night, like a trip to the Masters. Uh, you go hang out with, like, Paul Rudd at a Kenny Chesney concert. The number one overall thing that sold for $55,000 was a night out with Patrick Mahomes, dinner, and, like, a meet and greet. A night out with a 23-year-old kid. He's insane, man. Uh, we've got to pay homage to somebody who is no longer uh, a part of this city. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. Nick Price, you're popular. Nick, the man, the myth, the legend, and Dusty, well, he's still employed, I guess. It's often said, 610 listeners, that Nick Price is the Patrick Mahomes of 610 Radio. I don't know how much you pay people to say these things, but it's absurd. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I couldn't even pay people, and I don't have enough money for that. So people are just saying it out of the kindness of their hearts, and I gotta say, gets me going a little bit. Mahomes' applause at Hot Country Nights reminded me of when the glass breaks and Stone Cold Steve Austin runs out. That's pretty damn strong. Mm-hmm. God, I remember being like a kid, and my mom walked in watching me watching wrestling one time, and Stone Cold came out, and I was just in my room pacing back and forth with middle fingers in the air. Well, this is great content for you to watch. Uh, Blues and Bruins tonight. Game three. We're t- we had a tie series 1-1. Um, if you like hockey. Go to the 435 Podcast Network. Check out Jason Katz. He does a great show called The Pucket Podcast. I know nothing about hockey, and I wanted to watch this uh, this final. And I said, you know what? Hockey's kind of fun in the Stanley Cup Finals. I'm that guy. I'll admit it. I don't want to see another parade in Boston. Jason Katz, you've got two minutes to tell us what we should watch tonight. The biggest storyline. So the series is tied at one game apiece, game three tonight in St. Louis. Uh, this has been a very physical series so far. Uh, a lot of great storylines. David Backus, the former captain of the Blues, is now with the Bruins. That's a big thing to look for. Oscar Sundquist, a rookie uh, forward for the Blues, is now suspended for Game 3 on the hit that he laid uh, in Game 2. Uh, that's going to be a big loss for this Blues team. Uh, they're going to feel the effects of that, but the Bruins are feeling the effects right now of the physicality play that the Blues have had through the first two games. Um, speed and more speed for Boston, but the physicality factor, the blues, uh, the longer this series goes, the more it favors St. Louis. Um, this is actually a rematch of the 1970 Stanley cup final where the Boston Bruins swept the blues in four straight. As a matter of fact, uh, the blues won their first ever Stanley cup playoff game or Stanley cup final game in franchise history in Boston. Uh, the other night, and uh, now they get to come home and 
Uh, yeah, the uh, Enterprise Center, formerly known as Scott Trade. Mm-hmm. It's going to be buzzing tonight. It's so, going to be buzzing. So one list, last quick thing. You're a Chicago fan. You're a fan of the Blackhawks. Absolutely. Are you torn? Because St. Louis, Chicago, but then also, like, you don't want to see a parade in Boston again, right? No, I, I, and I've, I've been very upfront about this on the podcast that, uh, one, I am a Blackhawks fan, and I am a diehard Blackhawks fan. Must be nice. Um, it it is. Yeah. Uh, you know, especially <laughs> Patrick well, Kane, Patty Kane, Jonathan Taves, Duncan Keith. Where's Brent Patty Seabrook. Kane ranking your Horny Hall of Fame? Is he top Ooh, three? He's probably number one. Him and Johnny Taves probably tie at the top of Getting the list. Getting kept going a little bit right uh, now. I really no, you really he's, are. He's moving around um, the seat. No, especially for me, Patty Kane. It doesn't get much better. The fact that he is an American-born uh, guy. He's from Buffalo, New York. <laughs> Um, Johnny Taves, the captain, he's, he's from, uh, Thunder Bay. He's from Ontario. That's right. Um, but, uh, but anyway, no, um, it'd be nice to see the blues win one. Um, but does it mean that I, yeah. Does it mean that I want them to win every year? Absolutely not. But, um, it would be kind of cool to see history. You know, I've, I've been able to see the, the chiefs go a little bit further this year. I've seen the Royals win a World Series, which was pretty cool. I've certainly seen the Cubs win a World Series, which I mm. never thought I would see in my lifetime. Uh, Shout out to KB17. Yeah, I got to I got to witness that with my dad, actually, which was really, really cool because my dad's been a diehard, lifelong Cubs fan. And uh, to see them win the World Series uh, and to be there uh, to witness it with him was pretty special. And uh, certainly the Blackhawks, their run. I mean, it, you know, it's been pretty fortunate for me the last – you know, five or six years to be able to see them. But for the majority of my life, they sucked. Uh, but then 2010 happened, 2013, and then 2015, the train was just rolling. But uh, no, I mean, th- this is a very intriguing Stanley Cup final for a lot of reasons. But I will say this. I, I thought the NBA finals was going to be a total letdown, but it really hasn't after game one. And so um, I still think a lot of people should watch the Stanley Cup final more than they should the NBA finals. But I don't know if Toronto, if Kawhi Leonard continues to be wet ball from from deep. Um, I don't know. This is th- this could be this could be an interesting uh, final for not only in the NBA, but certainly in the Stanley Cup as well. And that's, that was that was talking hockey. Yeah, that's the that's the live and local plug you get. Four three five podcast network. That's Jason Katz. He does the Pucket podcast. This is Ned Yost. Doge is going to be a day or two, and uh, you know Chris has been working so hard to try to get his offense going. It's just he just couldn't do it. I um, mean, he just really struggled to have uh, put himself in a position to make contact defensively. He's as good as they come. He's as as good, uh, you know, of a um, utility infielder as Wit. Wit's the best I've ever seen, so I mean they're right there, you know, hand in hand. But um, you know, Cuthbert was swinging the bat really, really well down there, and um, you know, we just got to a point where you know we need to continue to try to move forward. We need to continue to try to find ways to get uh, offense. Uh, the bottom of our lineup has really struggled, and um, this was uh, a move that uh, we didn't want to make, but uh, had to make. Ned Yost, post game audio. Uh, that's a move we didn't want to make, but we had to make. No, that's a move. That's a move everybody wanted you to make. Uh, Chris Owings, and gone, and gone. Thank you, Denny. Uh, one more time, and gone. I love it. Um, now Chris Owings' move. We knew it was coming. We knew it was just a matter of time. To me, it's about a month too late. I don't know why they drug it on so long, but either way, it's done. And I got a lot of feedback after it happened. The streets of Kansas City fans were. Happy to see him go, but then the other part about it was, but it's Chesler. 
Yeah, it's kind of like that Kanye West gif where he's smiling and then like he turns to the camera, sees the camera, and then immediately goes stone face. Right. Like that's pretty much everybody's reaction as they read the tweet saying, Chris Owings has been designated for assignment and we are calling up Chesler Cuthbert, which at the end of the day is a move that they had to make right now with Dozier with the thorax tightness. Yeah, which uh, at first I thought they said it was a Lorax tightness. And yeah. the first thing I thought it was like little orange Andy Reid from yeah. Dr. Seuss. Little Dr. Seuss, yeah. yeah. And so... Dozier goes down. You need somebody that can play third. Kelvin Gutierrez was up, but then he went down, and now he's injured. Uh, Chester's up, but here's what's interesting for me about Chester Cuthbert. He's out of options. So you can't send him back down. You do. You're releasing him. You wouldn't do that with Bubba, because if you did that with Bubba Starling, you lose him. We will still get into Bubba with this. Cuthbert came up because it was the right decision to make. He was the third baseman that could play. He was swinging the ball very, or swinging the bat very, very well in, in AAA for the Omaha Storm Chasers. And coincidentally, in his first at bat in the major leagues up this season, he hits an oppo knock. Yeah. Or an oppo dong. Also showing some nice glove there. Yeah. The one play at third. And Chester's been weird because Chester could not be more opposite, but yet similar to what Chris Owings is. Chester Cuthbert is a guy that's just obviously always up his entire career. Been given a chance and then taken back down. Given a chance, taken back down. While Chris Owings was always given a chance, never went back down because he, obviously you don't have options with Chris Owings, but it was like, we're going to keep plugging him out there. It's like, if you're going to keep doing it with Chris Owings, but you're not going to do it with Chester Cuthbert or guys like Christian Cologne. Um, and now all of a sudden you have Chester Cuthbert up here and people are just kind of like, eh. And that's why I gave it the analogy at the beginning of the show that it's like you watch a season that goes on for too long and like the season finale, you're like, ah, it's cool but I wanted more, or it should have ended a couple seasons ago. And the way that I go with that is like the Dexter season finale. If you haven't seen Dexter by now, I'm sorry. It's been out yeah, long too enough, late. but the ending is terrible. Drives his boat through one of the most tragic hurricanes in Florida history, somehow survives, and now he's a mountain man up in Oregon or somewhere really? up there in like West, I don't know. He's just, Ugh. he's a caveman. Yeah. It's weird. And that's what Chris Owings felt to me was that we knew the move was coming. I got the tweet from Flanny, Cody Tapp, Lynn Worthy, all those guys. Chris Owens out, Chester Cuthbert up. And it wasn't so much important about the Chester Cuthbert being up that it was about the Chris Owens departure. I mean, it's June 1st, and the guy couldn't make contact. And you hear Ned say, oh, he's got great defensive skills. I get what Ned's doing. You got to be nice in situations. You don't want to just come out here and say things. But there had to have been a conversation a couple weeks back where it was like, dude, Come on. And the other interesting story to me is, for about the last three weeks, a lot of buzz around here has been, boy, and even Ned said in that audio cut, the bottom of our lineup hasn't been good. That's because the bottom of your lineup has been Maldonado, which we get, Chris Owings every once in a while, and Billy Hamilton. And Billy Hamilton is now, to me, the guy that's now going to step up and be the punching bag for Royals' hatred. Now, the Royals are 19 and 38. They don't have 20 wins, and it's June. Yeah, haven't won a series since April. What's that? Haven't won a series since April. One more time. Haven't won a series since April. Is there a month between April and June? Yeah. That's right. It's called May. Right. So, now you have Billy Hamilton. He's the only guy blocking Bubba Starling from coming up. It's either him or Terrence Gore. I'm done with the Terrence Gore experiment. Well, it, I mean, if Terrence Gore shouldn't be up here unless he's pinch running like two out of every three games. He still know? gets caught stealing. 
Yeah. Which is weird because it's like, okay, you got speed, got to figure it out. But it makes you wonder that with Chris Owens being gone, Royals fans, they have that. But now I feel like the next guy that's going to get the blame is Billy Hamilton. Mm -hmm. Because Billy Hamilton isn't living up to his part of the deal. And now you still have this Bubba Starling conversation. And we had Alec Lewis on last Saturday. And he said mid-June. Right to the Athletic, follows the Royals, a lot of farms and stuff. He said probably mid-June you might see Bubba. So now it makes you think, okay, Billy, good luck. You saw what happened with Chris. Now it's your turn. And since we are nice guys in Kansas City, and we do respect people that played in this town, we put together, we, Nick Price, put together a Chris, a Chris Owings audio homage. 3-2 pitch. Outside ball four. Fifth walk by Kluber that will drive in. Ground ball sharply hit. Fumble by Owings. Recovers. No play. One to nothing Detroit. Swing and a little looper into the gap in right center. That's in for a base hit. Gordon rounding third. Here's a throw home. It's cut off. Yeah, I went through uh, all of the Chris Owings highlights, which I think there were about seven of them. We mm. cut, like, every scoring play and great defensive play, and those were just three of my favorite ones. That was 32 seconds. Um, something that's not going to be 32 seconds is last Wednesday was crazy for a local college team, and one of their biggest, well, supporters has got away in on it. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price, 610 Sports Radio. Back in on Out of Bounds, Saturday, 12-33. Tiger Woods playing at the Memorial. Four under. He was three shots off the lead. I haven't seen a leaderboard yet. But at one point, he was three shots off the lead. Got a soccer game I got to be intrigued with today, Nick. I know that nobody likes soccer. Not a lot of fans. But it's Liverpool It's Liverpool versus Tottenham. You know from when we did our show on, out of, on uh, Up at Adam. On 1660, before we got this show, you can tell the people every Sunday morning, 7 o'clock, the English Premier League was on and Liverpool was playing early in the morning. Oh, yeah. You were always so excited for that. Firmino, Salah, Virgil van Dyke. Oh, who cares? Okay. Well, we can talk about Mike Francesa if you want. That I'm, guy I'm is always down to talk that guy about Mike is so Francesa. far gone. Oh my god! Like if I ever get to Mike Francesa's level, like if I get to that senile, like I would rather I'll tell you, you. Yeah, I would rather you just come in here and be like, "Get out doors that way, bud." There's up. literally a Twitter account that is just dedicated to yeah Mike Francesa, like mess ups. Well, speaking of people that don't mess up, uh, Bill Self. Live and local, you're going to get some KU talk. Brandon Kylie's going to give you some MU talk. Royals, Chiefs. But what a day Wednesday was, Nick Price. Oh, man. I was up here working the Royals game that night with Cody. And, uh, yeah, it was tough because all this stuff happened within, like, 45 minutes. That was obviously the night that you had to either stay in the NBA draft or withdraw from the NBA draft to go back to school or do whatever else you wanted to do. And, wow. It was a crazy night. We're going to talk with Matt Tate a little bit later, Lawrence Journal World, yeah, to go in depth a little bit more. But Quentin Grimes withdraws from the draft. 
And so some people are like, oh, he's coming back to KU. And then Devon Dotson announces on his Twitter that he's coming back for his sophomore season. And then shortly after that, KU announces that Quentin Grimes is going off in the transfer portal and he's going to go somewhere else to play. Which to me makes zero sense. Yeah. Like, I, mean, I get it. I kind of get it. Yeah. But. Like, and so we can, that's fine. We can have conversation here. That's the whole Good radio yeah. is not when both people agree on everything. Right. So for me, my point of view is you went to the NBA, correct? Right. And you went there basically to do everything you could without actually leaving college. Mm-hmm. You probably didn't think you had a chance. You, had, you just really want to go there to get basically a checklist. Really talented. You need to work guy, on too. this. Yep. You need to work on this. If you want to get in the top, you know, 25, you need to go, you need to work on this. So when I see that, and then I see, okay, I'm withdrawing from the NBA draft. I see, okay, I'm going to come back to school, work on my craft, try to really get better at this stuff that I need to do. So that way I can get drafted in the first round. I can get some cash flow in my life and I can start going forward with that. But then he goes, I'm going to transfer. And I believe the only two ways that you can transfer without missing a year is like a family emergency. Like if your mom had to move for a job, you can do that. Or there's like one other loophole to it as well. Grad transfer. Grad transfer. So for me, it makes zero sense for Grimes to do that. Now I get it. Dotson's probably going to be the point guard. He is going to be the point guard. Yeah. Like he's your guy. That's, and we know how Bill is with point guards. But for me, why would you go test the NBA, get all the skill set you have, now transfer, have to sit out a year, then play college basketball another year, then go to the NBA? Now I get it. Now you can go work out, you can do different workouts, and you can do all that. But when Grimes decides to go back to college, then transfer, he's missing two years. Now I don't know about you, but if you don't do something for a full year, now go you can work out with teams, you can do all that kind of stuff. And I get that Grimes wants to play point guard. And he's not going to. That's what we hit on earlier. But now you're going to be out two years until you can possibly go to the NBA after you just got basically a cheat code of what you need to do to work on. So now why does it make sense to you? I mean, I think the number one reason is that Grimes, when he came in, he was more of a point guard in high school. He wants to be able to show off running an offense, and he doesn't really get that opportunity with Dotson there, especially with how much they play Dotson at Kansas because there's really no other point guard on that team. And then also, and this is just speculation from what I hear from KU fans and everything, but there was a lot of Quentin Grimes hate last year because he was the top prospect on the team. He was supposed to be so much better than he was. He started kind of putting it together at the end. I think it was more of a confidence thing than anything else with him. But I think that kind of wore down on him. I mean, you're thinking about an 18, 19-year-old kid that's constantly just getting ripped apart on social media and talk radio and everything like that, that's pretty tough to come back for. So I think that, one, the position he wants to play is not available at Kansas, and two, he wants to go somewhere where he can get a fresh start, come in, be the guy, and really raise that draft stock for him once he gets there in two years. But, yeah, it's a weird move because for somebody who was ready and willing to go to the NBA this season, now he's going to have to wait at least two more years before he can do that. And that's where I get confused. It's like if you have everything you need, and I get it. So your so your definitive argument is transfer, go somewhere where you can learn a system, then be the guy instead of splitting time yeah, with the guy who's going to get. And also just be point guard. Because what's Dotson going to play, 30 minutes a game? Maybe more. Maybe more than 30? Yeah, I mean, honestly, right now he's the only point guard on this team. Sure. And, I mean, what R.J. Hampton did, man, that guy can go kick rocks. Yeah. 
Like I don't blame them. Though. I mean, it's fine. It's, you know, it's like if you want to go make some show. money yeah. and like whatever. But this is all Wednesday. Yeah. Right. This is all KU. Like KU is so funny because KU is literally two spheres of an, uh. of an off season. And the thing that's crazy about it is the sky was falling. Now the sky is blue. You're in certain early rankings of the season next year. You're in the top five. Last year, you ranked number one overall with Zion Williamson going to Duke. And, I mean, come on. Now, granted, Doke getting hurt. Sosa getting suspended. Now they're both back. You've got one of the best front courts in the entire NCAA as of right now. Everyone freaks out. I don't say everyone. KU fans freak out. Oh, no, what's going to happen? I Every think Bill's, year. I think Bill's going to leave. And all I can think about is just Bill sitting in his, like, big-ass recliner, glass of scotch, watching TV, and just laughing. Reports come out of Chicago, NBC, NBCSC, or whatever it is in Chicago. Mm. Oh, there's talks. Bill Self might become the Bill's head, Bulls head coach. I bit. I saw oh, this might be you know, interesting. Then I hear people talking Lawrence. Oh, Bill sold his house. No, he didn't. Bill's not going anywhere. No. Because he doesn't Why have would to. you? You don't have to. It's like when you have that job and you have that security, it better be perfect. Now, I've said for the last three years that if Bill goes anywhere, it'll be San Antonio. Agreed. There's family ties there. Popovich and Bill are good, are close. That's a team where, like, I don't know. That's just a system that he could work in, especially with the NBA. He's, a, he's an X's and O's type of guy. Those type of guys are really successful in the NBA because the talent is so incredibly high that every once in a while you just need a guy that can sit there and be like, hey, you be here, you be there. And at a timeout, Bill Sells one of the top in the entire land. But the way that Wednesday happened for KU, and again, we'll talk to Matt Tate about this at 1.30. Because he writes about it. And I yeah. can only imagine like what your stories are and how many times he had to hit the backspace key. And then you had to think about this window, this loophole. Okay, now we've got KU here. We've got KU there. Three months ago, we didn't know if KU would be even ranked because of the way they were going. And then the NCAA lists the, the social suspension. Dotson comes back. And all of a sudden, you've got a top five team in the entire land. And now KU fans are finally like, oh, God. And it's just crazy that as wild as things got, there's, and as great as a run as KU has had for as long as they've had it, as long as Bill's been there, since 03, right? Mm-hmm. Nothing bad has happened. Like, even the sanctions against you with the Adidas scandal, like, was basically a slap on the wrist, right? Because everybody's doing it. Right. You just got caught. Yeah. Your phone's now hot. Yeah. But it's just crazy to see this type of stuff happen when it comes to KU. And yet here we are again. Preseason. Now, they're not official yet. But preseason and a lot of polls, top five. Number five overall. Should probably win the Big 12. K-State's going to be interesting this year. Iowa State's always interesting. Texas Tech. National championship last year. And now you get this court back. You get your Bill Self type of offense. You get your point guard that you want that can run the point. You have your high-low. and You get to see Bill Self just hold up the number five, which is basically the big man comes up, gets the ball, point guard rolls. He doesn't roll. One move to the basket. You're going to see that all week because you know, or all season because the thing about KU and how crazy things got, it now is tame and calm because Wednesday was wild. But now you have DeSosa who's got a good mid-range jumper. You have Doke, who can be your block shot guy. He can be your flush guy that just dunks it, has a just a dominant presence. If he can get rid of those soft hands, too soft hands, they break on the rim. 
And then you've got your point guard. You've got your three positions that you need, mid-range, outside point guard, big guy in the middle, and then what do you have? Bill Self. Yeah, and I mean, Wednesday night was really just an epitome of what the offseason always is for Kansas, of people freaking out at first. Everybody building up to that was freaking out that, oh my gosh, like Grimes, Dotson, they're both leaving. Like, what's going to happen? Who's going to play point guard for this team? And then our guy at, or at MC Tate, Matt Tate on Twitter, tweeted a little recap the other night. 7.35 p.m., Evan Daniels reports that Grimes withdrew his name from the draft pool. 7.59 p.m., Dotson announces return to KU Basketball. 8.15 p.m., KU announces Grimes will enter the transfer portal. Wild night, but overall good news for Kansas. And we'll be catching up with him a little bit later. He was, I mean, he's been with covering the Jayhawks for so long, back when I was in college there, doing some student journalism. I always see Matt Tate there, so excited to catch up with him and get a little bit more background on the decisions that were made on Wednesday night. That's Nick Price. You can follow me at Nick Price KC. You can also follow me, Dusty Likens. On Twitter as well. It's literally at Dusty Likens. I know the last name's not easy to spell, but it's easy to say. Um, I read the text line when Brandon Kylie had a little bit of this discussion. You got to make a change in baseball, and it's got to happen soon. Out of bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price, 610 Sports Radio. Saturday, 610 Sports Radio. We are on until 2 o'clock, and then Cody Tapp will take over as it'll be the pregame show for the Royals as they play at 3 o'clock today in Arlington, Texas. Mm -hmm. They will play the Rangers. Um, our old boss, huge Rangers fan. Really? Yeah, he was a, his front license plate was a Texas Rangers license plate. Really? Yeah, it's weird. That is weird. Um, every time I think of the Texas Rangers, I think of Rafael Palmero. And then as soon as I think of Rafael Palmero, I think of the stern finger he put up. I never took steroids. And then he actually did take steroids. Yeah. What a joke. He had a mean mustache, though. Mm -hmm. Mean mustache. That thing had some flavor in it. Um, <clears throat> that's weird. Uh, but Saturday, live and local, this is out of bounds before us, was Brandon Kylie with the leadoff with the Royals playing and where they're programmed. No overtime, but every Saturday you will get the leadoff with Brandon Kylie out of bounds with us two jokers. And then you'll get the overtime with the sexiest trio in radio with Jillian Carroll, Chris Winicero, and Julio Sanchez. Um, Liverpool Tottenham, I'm really excited about that. Also, uh, 435 Podcast Network, we had Jason Ketz with a splash uh, cameo here today talking about the Pucket Podcast, the Stanley mm -hmm. Cup Finals here tonight in St. Louis, Game 3. The series tied 1-1. One one. Um, 45s on Fesco in the morning. Register to win Father's Day package. Pellet smoker and a bottle of bourbon. You like to smoke meats and drink whiskey or bourbon? That's what you do. I love this topic off with a tease before last break because it's weird to me. I was thinking about this last night as Nick Price and I are texting each other like we do, uh, shirtless. And uh, I was talking to Nick, and then I kind of thought, you know, as we put the rundown together, I kind of like was watching TV. I was going through Twitter, and I, I got in this Jeff Passan loophole, which I do quite often. And I started reading and I started reacting to what happened the other night in baseball where the little girl was struck by a baseball from a foul ball. Now, I don't have kids. I don't plan on having kids. It's fine if I marry into kids. I'm cool with that. But the thing about what happened was a little girl was struck in the face with a foul ball by Almora Jr. of the Cubs. And it made me think. It made me think, why don't we extend nets foul pole to foul pole? 
That's how it really got me thinking. What got me thinking was literally in a lot of sports that we are favorited to watch when it comes to the NFL, they change the rules every offseason. People don't seem to mind. In golf, one of the most traditional sports there is, they change rules. No one seems to mind. In fact, you can now drop your ball as close to the ground as possible. Yeah, you're down at your knee now. You can use any club in your bag for relief. So every golfer uses the driver, obviously. It's the longest club in the bag. Yeah. People don't seem to mind. You can now rest your club in areas where you used to not be able to rest your club before you hit it. People don't seem to mind. But mention putting nets from foul pole to foul pole in baseball, and the world loses their mind. And that's where it got me thinking. Because as an avid baseball fan and a guy that likes to go out and watch baseball games, and every once in a while I'll go down to the field before the game starts and watch batting practice, and there's a gentleman that does uh, that works on the field. His name is Rob. He's the guy that you see if you go to games early. He walks people to and from uh, behind home plate to watch batting practice. Mm-hmm. Rob's a good guy. He's actually a fan of the show. And I asked him, which was just coincidental, a month ago. I said, do you think that there should be a, a, a netting from foul pole to foul pole? And he said, a little bit in a delay. He says, yeah, I think that's fair. I said, literally, what, what, what bad problem is there? That if you sit front row, you're going to have a net in front of you, which really doesn't distract your viewing because people will do anything to sit in the crown seats. There's a net right in front of your face. Yeah. Tell me how bad that view is. Foul balls are going to happen. It's part of the game. I'll listen to that argument. If you're not paying attention, you're told in a pregame PSA, balls will be entering the field of play and leaving the field of play. Please be alert. I get it that accidents happen. But sometimes they can be preventable. Like, you're not going to drive your car without an airbag. Because if you do get in an accident, the airbag's going to explode and it's going to protect the blow. Now, you might have some sort of reaction to the powder that's inside of it that a lot of people do. You might get some burns on your face. But you're going to be fine. Yeah. In baseball, it's not that big of a deal to extend the nets foul pole to foul pole. How many times when you're watching a game and a player or you're there and they lose their bat. The number one reaction is, oh, Ooh. everybody. Yeah. doesn't matter if there's 10,000 people there. Hard line drive, Or 30,000 people there. Yeah. And you bring up my next point. Right now in baseball, we are obsessed with launch angle and ball speed off the bat. Mm-hmm. Every home run. In fact, I tweeted out after Joey Gallo hit that grand slam off Duffy last night. Went like 457 feet, was 130, uh, 113 miles an hour off the bat. When you hit a foul ball... There is no reaction time when it's like that. And you hit somebody. And that's where it gets me thinking even more. Now I get it. These guys are professional. They've done it a long time. Balls going into the fans is always going to be a problem. But with the net, it won't be. And it's not going to distract your view that much. It's not going to make you think, well, I don't want to sit there because there's a net in my way. Tell that to the people that go sit in the crown seats at Kauffman Stadium where there's a net in front of them. Now I get it. Now you're not going to get a lot of action weighed down by the foul pole. But I'm still okay with that. How many times do you watch a game and you see foul balls go back? And like, oh, God. As soon as the ball goes in the stands, ushers come down to make sure that fan is okay. I was at a game with Cody Tapp not long ago, sitting in the press box. Foul ball drilled a girl in the shoulder. They weren't on their cell phones. They were paying attention. She just has zero time to react because it's probably coming off the bat at 113 miles per hour. 
113 is pretty high. Yeah. But the average is about 108 to 109 when it comes to, like, hard-hit balls. And what do people say when you just miss a ball and it goes right off the back of your bat? It means you just missed it. Which means you were that close to barreling it, which means you still got a lot of it. And when that goes into the crowd, it sucks. And when you hit a little girl and she's damaged, probably for a long part of her life, because the sound of a ball coming off the bat's going to make her jump. Her dad who was there, mom who was there, the fan reaction of the still shot with the girl like being caressed in the arms going up to the thing says it all. Now, this doesn't happen all the time, but it happens every single year. Remember when the bat splintered off in a game and stuck some lady in Boston? Mm-hmm. That stuff happens. And you know what? It's preventable if you put a net foul pole to foul pole. I mean, just look at the back of your ticket next time that you go to a baseball game. There's literally a legal disclaimer at the bottom saying, we're not responsible for any balls or bats leaving the field of play. So they know that it's happening. And I saw a story on uh, 41 Action News here in Kansas City the other day that said that basically there's like two a day of where there's some kind of injury or close call in a baseball game. That's enough for us to say, Let's make the game safer without even really taking anything away from the game, like at all. You can be as ready as possible. I get it if it's a pop fly and you're on your phone, you're not paying attention, whatever, then that's kind of on you. But you can be as ready as possible, and you are not going to get out of the way of a 113-mile-an-hour ball. And again. It's not going to happen. And again, that's the fan's point of view. Yeah. The young man who hit the ball, here's how messed up he was after the game. The first person I locked eyes on was her, so... That's what, uh, yeah, with God willing, I'll, I'll be able to have a relationship with this little girl for the rest of my life. But uh, just prayers right now, that's all I really can control. I'm speechless, I'm, and I'm at loss of words. Being a father, two boys, I want to put a net around the whole stadium, but, uh, yeah, man, I, I don't know. I'm sorry. Puts life into perspective, kind of. We get upset. We don't hit. We make errors. Like I was, how I was upset. I didn't make that play, and, and then just kind of life just, you know, put things in perspective. This is my last thing I'm going to say about it. Baseball players shouldn't have to be worried about where their foul balls go. And like that young man just said, Almora Jr., the Cubs, put a net around the whole stadium. Obviously, he's being a little bit dramatic in the situation that he's currently in. But think about what it did to that guy. That his reaction, go watch it. Completely in. Just, just broken down. Just absolutely has his whole team come up to him. And it's all right, it's all right. And the security guard over there holding him as he cries. And then what he says, I hope I'm a part of that little girl's life the rest of my life. Because he gets it. And again, I said I don't have kids. But man, that struck a nerve because this story keeps happening. And the way that we're evolving in baseball, balls are going to be coming off the bat a little bit harder at a little bit lower of an angle. Get those nets foul pole to foul pole. And let's make the game a little bit safer and a little bit more knowledgeable as well. Yeah, I mean, just look at both sides of it. Like, obviously, we want the fans to be okay. Like, pray for that little girl. I hear that she is doing all right. Yeah. But also we shouldn't be putting any of these young players in that position to where they are putting people's lives at risk, you know? Exactly. Just to play a game. Eric Berry's out, but there's also a new EB that's got a powerful voice for the Chiefs. It's 1 o'clock. we got to get to the second hour of our show, and then we got to give it off to Cody Tapp. It's uh, Out of Bounds on 610 Sports Radio. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.